Hello there and thanks for joining a little update on what's going on behind the scenes and what to expect in the next couple of months. So we've been going through the study on the book of John. We have gone through John 1, 2, and 3 and I am getting ready to release 4 and 5. I'm actually going to be having Anna, my sister warrior, joining me and sharing her thoughts as well as heart on the chapter at hand. This is a really good chapter and a lot of wisdom as well as knowledge shared. I'm going to be sharing my testimonies. Anna's going to be sharing her testimonies and we will also share a biblical perspective on the chapter because that's really the goal. The goal is to get to know the scripture that we are reading. I am reminded of a moment in the book of Acts where an Ethiopian eunuch did not understand what he was reading. He was a taught scholar he was someone who was well-educated, but he could not understand what he was reading. He was reading a scripture from Isaiah, and he could not understand what it is that he was reading. Why? Because the understanding, the spiritual understanding, wasn't given to him just yet. And so, God called Philip to go and meet this man and to bring him the revelation. And once Philip, once the Ethiopian eunuch received this knowledge, once the Ethiopian eunuch received the interpretation of Scripture, he had no other choice but to give his life to God. And as a result, he was baptized. This is a really fascinating story, and I encourage you to go and check it out. The book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 26 to 40. In this chapter, we find out that Philip meets the eunuch right where he is. The, this Ethiopian eunuch, a scholar, one who is, who is studying, right? One who is, one who is wise, an important official in charge of all the treasury. Yet, he humbled himself, and he asked Philip for interpretation. And Philip does this. Philip explains to him what the scripture means. And as a result, this Ethiopian eunuch gives his heart to God. And so, in our journey, in our season of life and journey, we will be like this eunuch, not understanding scripture. We will be like this eunuch who is know-it-all. We will be like this eunuch who is a scholar, who is a well-known treasurer. But we will not understand what it is that we're reading when it comes to scripture. And someone like Philip will have to come along and interpret scripture for us until we are ready until we are ready to understand it ourselves. And so, this is where I come in. I once was a eunuch who didn't understand what I was reading. And someone came along 
Matter of fact, it was the Holy Spirit who guided me, who directed me. One who explained to me, one who interpreted scripture for me. And as a result, I gave my heart to God. Now I am like Philip out there seeking for someone to teach, seeking for someone to interpret the scripture. All this knowledge is available to me because of the lack that I didn't have. Now this knowledge is available to me. And so this is what I offer here. I am going to be sharing this story in the near future. I'm going to be sharing this particular passage in the scripture. Matter of fact, me and my family had just read this scripture the other week. We hold Bible studies at our home where we discuss scripture and we talk about what it is that we read so that we can better understand as a family. And so this was a very interesting story. And I pray that you will have a chance to go back and also familiarize yourself with it, with the story. In the meantime, I'm going to be uploading chapter Luke chapter 4 and 5, and I pray it is going to be a blessing to you. In the meantime, stay blessed, stay encouraged, be inspired, and have a blessed day. So hello once again, and thank you for joining me on this discussion on the book of John chapter 4. Once again, I have Anna, my sister warrior, joining me today for a discussion. And I pray that what we discuss and what we share with each other will be a blessing to you as well. Thank you once again for joining. God bless you and we'll see you next time. Well, thank you for having me back. Hello, everyone. Looking forward to joining the study of the Word of God again, and I'm ready. Yes. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. May God continue to bless you. Uh, may God continue to pour into you as you pour out on this platform in Jesus' name. And uh, we're going to be continuing the study on um, John chapter 4, in which Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman. Okay? Jesus is coming across... A Samaritan woman at the well. I'm sure this story is very familiar to those of you that are um, in church. Those of you that have heard the story, very familiar. But we're going to share um, some of the insights from our own study. Verse 1 says, Now Jesus learned that the Pharisee had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized but his disciples. So he left and went back one more, once more to Galilee. Now, Anna, do you want to share anything? Because I know uh, you you shared your notes with me, and I saw some a uh, couple details there. If you want to share anything from this particular passage, if not, that's okay too. Yes, I would like to share in the first verse that um, what stood out to me it was that. In the last portion of the scripture, in verse 1, it says that Jesus made made, um, and made and baptized more disciples than John. And that really stood out to me. And the Lord brought to me the, uh, the, the, uh, the Great Commission. The Great Commission that was given to the body of Christ. 
and to the church in general um, by Jesus, the Great Commission. And we all are acquainted with the Great Commission, what it is, uh, Matthew 28, 16 through 20, where uh, Jesus commissioned us, the church, the body of Christ, um, when he comm commissions commission us to preach the gospel he said go into the world uh, go into the world preach the gospel healed um, make disciples baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit um, th that's the great commissions in jesus uh, as jesus was um put uh, he was an example to us and is an example to to us still uh, yeah. he said go and preach, um, preach, uh, make disciples of all nations. He was put it in, put it, putting it to us. He was, uh, he's, he was doing it in this scripture. It's like, look, I'm, I'm your example. Go do it. So he yeah. baptized and made more, more disciples than John. So the same, you know, I, I, like I said, that is the great commission. It brought us to the great commission in there, um, for us to. Uh, continue obeying the scripture and doing the scriptures as Jesus was our primary example. Yes, thank you for sharing that, sis. And I feel this in my spirit as you are sharing this. Um, if you are listening to us and you feel like you're not qualified enough, you don't know enough Bible verses, or you're you feel like um, you know I'm I'm just not good, you know I'm just not ready to go out there and preach the gospel. I'm not ready. That's okay too, because God qualifies you from the very start. He has put some things on the inside of you. And sometimes it's not even the verses. It's your own testimony that, that people are going to come to God uh, through you because God has um, specifically designed it that way. So I don't want you listening and saying, Oh, you know, I, I'm not qualified. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a teacher. I'm not this. I'm not that. I want you to obey the, the, the commission and go forth. And this is um, us telling you as well as telling ourselves and those that are listening to go and, and, and do as, as Jesus has uh, commissioned his disciples as well as his followers to do at this time. As you are listening to us, it is your, um, it, it is your commission to go forth in the name of Jesus um also you know while you're going be sure to study the word don't don't be ignorant you know because the enemy is out there uh as well uh, to um, to try to track you uh, trap you and tri trick you and so forth so you do want to sharpen your weapon as you are going so that's not what i'm saying don't just go ignorantly but I, what i'm saying is if you have that desire in you to go and tell it starts with your testimony. It starts with your testimony because that's what we will be reading here. Um, in chapter four, we will be reading about a woman who has tasted uh, the goodness of God. She has tasted this living water and now she wants to tell everybody about it. Amen. Very important point. Sometimes we need to give uh, take a step of faith and because we, uh, we walk by faith not by sight it's no, not that we have to be fully equipped sometimes but the lord sees you through everything if he give you yeah. a, send you to a place he will see you through that uh, through that time and opportunity that he um, put place in your hands yes just be sure to spend that 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 uh, time in a secret place 
just be sure to to have that communion with the Lord and you have nothing to worry about. Amen. Verse 4 says, now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Now, her disciples, it says, disciples were not there. They had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And I want to pause right here. Wow, so, that's amazing. In this passage of scripture, we see that Jesus encounters a woman and he doesn't see her. He doesn't he doesn't look at her identity. He's not looking at who 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 is she perceived to be, but rather what's on the inside of her. And he's saying, I need water. Can you give me some water to drink? And he goes to say, Will you give me a drink? Now she knows who he is. Perhaps is by the way he was dressed, or um, I'm not sure. You know, the Bible really doesn't tell us, but there was a distinction between them. There was a distinction if you were a Jew and there was a distinction if you were a Samaritan. And the Samaritans knew not to go where the Jews were and Jews knew not to go where the Samaritans were. Right. They they were following this protocol. But here Jesus comes on the scene and he's like, I don't care about your protocol. You guys are making all these rules over here on Earth. Right. That that is my jurisdiction is like I can be anywhere. It doesn't matter. But here you are following this protocol of I'm a Jew and you're the Samaritan. And so I cannot associate with you. I cannot do this or that to Jesus. It doesn't matter because he does not see you for your outward appearance, but rather what's on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. One one thing that it really stood out to me on verse four, Sister Lena, was that um, Jesus uh, Jesus needed to go through Samaria, mm. and I was like, "What? Why did he need to go through there?" Mm. Um, the verse um, the, in verse four. So as I was um, uh, meditating on this verse, um, why? Ask myself, why did he needed to go through Samaria? And it brought to me to John chapter uh, three, which um, we in the last um, uh, we last week, where was it? Where we, when we went through uh, through chapter three? Yeah. And so it brought me to John chapter three, verse three to five, and the conversation with Jesus and Nicodemus, where Jesus stressed to Nicodemus the importance of being born of the Spirit and water. On, yeah. In John 16 through uh, 13, however, he says, however, when the spirit of truth, and this is Jesus speaking, however, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for mm -hmm. he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and mm -hmm. he will tell you things to come. This, this uh, tells us that Jesus 
was being led by the uh, by the Holy Spirit to go through Samaria, uh, Samaria to speak to the Samaritan woman. He had a divine appointment. Yes. Because uh, Romans uh, 8.14 said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And it amazed me that he felt... Um, he he felt compelled to go through 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 uh, Samaria, and another thing that really stood out to me: why wasn't why were the disciples gone? They were not there. Mm, yes, I noticed that too. It said that disciples had gone into town to buy food. All of a sudden, they got hungry. All of a sudden, they needed to get something because perhaps they were they were going to be a distraction. Perhaps they were going to turn this woman away, and this is why I believe they couldn't be there. That is really uh, absolutely true because. Um, I believe, you know, um, dealing with the the, Samar the relationship the Jews and Samaritans, uh, they had, obviously, it wasn't good because the woman said how uh, to Jesus, how is it that me being a being a Samaritan you, and you being a Jew ask of a drink, a drink for me? She feels, she feels she feels as as a Samaritan woman, she feels unclean. She feels not worthy enough. Amen. And what amazing thing that Jesus was left alone, but with her. And it's yeah. an amazing thing. Yes. And so verse 10 says, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now he transitions, right? He transitions from carnal mind. Give, you know, will you give me some drink? But if you only knew who I am, you would be the one asking me for living water. Wow, that's amazing. You know, verse seven, it really uh, stood out to me that the what is the woman come to do, came to do to draw water, to draw water. And Jesus asked her, give me a drink. Mm. And so as she come to draw um, to draw water, this brings me to the verse that Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. And Isaiah, 20, Isaiah 55, 1 through 5, where Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for, my, I, for I am gentle and lowly of heart, and I will give you rest for your souls. Yes. That was amazing. So the Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus is emphasizing now about the meaning of the water or the spiritual water right now jesus, jesus answered and said to her if you knew the gift of god now jesus is shifting from the uh from the the yeah. carnal to the spiritual now um yeah. jesus answered and said to her and john 4 10 if you knew the gift of god and who it is that says to you give me give me a drink you would have asked him and he would have given it given to you the living water so see yeah. how they transition from a uh, drink of water to the living water 5 to 11 sir the woman said you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep as you were saying where can you get this living water are you greater than our father jacob 
who gave us the well and drank it for himself, as he also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And just like you were, you were just saying that out of the abundance of heart, that the waters would come out, the, out of the fountain of life will come out, just as, um, as he has mentioned here. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. She's still carnal. Yes. I call it code words, you know? <laughs> I call it code words. Like she's she's uh speaking to him and he's using the spiritual code. He she's using the carnal code, like you know, they're going back and forth, but they're receiving the conversation though. Yeah, man. And she's, so she's, she's like, very engaged in the conversation. Even though she's carnal still, she's still very engaged in the conversation. It's almost like she's it's almost like like she's sarcastic in a way. You know what I'm saying? Like she's got a sense of humor. Like really. Yeah. It's and that's amazing that she's uh even though you know Jesus is confronting her, she still have a sense of humor. Yes. So the woman said to him, verse 15, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her. Okay, so he didn't even answer her question, okay? He goes on to say, go call your husband and come back. She goes on, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands. And the man you are now with is not your husband. What you have said, what you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Now she's like, you see right through me. You see, you yeah. know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like the Holy Spirit will see into your situation. The Holy Spirit will discern your situation. He will know exactly um, what's going on. And people will be amazed. Are you a prophet? Right away, yeah. she's like, I could perceive there's something different about you. Number one, you took the guts to come here and ask me for water. You have the guts to ask me for water. Now you're, 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 you're asking me for this water, but this well is not deep enough. What is going on? And now she's like, you even know these intimate details about me? Who are you? Verse 19 says, sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. And Jesus replies, verse 21, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come 
when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the, fathers, the Father seeks. God is a spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declares, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. And so we're going to pause right here and just discuss, um, you know, what we have learned, what your thoughts are and your heart on the matter and so forth and um, be blessed as a result. There is a lot to unpack in this and uh, in the, in these verses right here. Um, the woman said to Jesus, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Um, we discussed in the sec and the prior, um, uh, uh, actually, and the from verse one through one through nineteen prior to today, we discussed about the woman, you know, speaking carnal as Nicodemus in John uh, John chapter three, and she was um, she was uh, speaking carnal because she did not have the Holy Spirit. And she, um, but it was until she said, sir, give me this water that I may not come into uh, to this well to draw water anymore. And she had that desire to, and I, like, as I said, in another words, paraphrasing my, uh, you know, the scriptures, she was saying, Jesus, fill me with the Holy Spirit. It is because, um, until then, that she, the, her eyes were opened, and said, "In verse, uh, is it verse nine, uh, nineteen, uh, sir, I, per, um, I perceive you are a prophet." Now she knows and she understands, and then I believe it is through the help of the Holy Spirit that her eyes are open now, and she understands that she's not speaking to an ordinary person. But she's speaking to a person with divine, with divine power, divine authority, which is it has not been revealed yet to her. Who is she talking to? That she's talking to Jesus Himself, the Creator of the universe. And so the woman said, "Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Our fathers worship in this mountain." She's trying to uh, go different directions. And Jesus, but Jesus states in point, uh, uh, focus on the mission that he has. Mm. And he said, our fathers worship in this mountain, but you Jews say that the place that we ought to worship is in Jerusalem. The woman finally, finally believed and was convinced that as, as she was talking to Jesus, but one Another very important point here that the, the um, that Jesus that when she perceived that Jesus was a divine person, a divine uh, as she called her as she as she called Jesus a prophet, Jesus was uh, per, um, perceived to reveal to her who he who he was, who he was, the Messiah. Mm -hmm. But he also spoke about the hour is coming. What hour did he speak about? 
A time is coming, yes. Verse 23 says, yet a time is coming and has now come. She, he, he didn't just say a time is coming. He said a time is coming and has now come. So is that a contradiction or what is he saying right here? A time is coming. Also, a time has already come. The hour is coming, but it is here in front of your face now. Mm. <laughs> it's in front of you right now. Because he's there in front of her. He said, the hour is coming where you neither worship in this mountain in Jerusalem um, will worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. For hmm. salvation is of the Jews. Many times in religions, we like I mentioned before, I grew up in Catholicism. We are taught to worship idols, to worship different things and to go uh, to God through different me uh, different uh, mediums because different ways because uh, we are thought that we are not worthy to come to God um, to come to God by ourselves for ourselves so Jesus tell her salvation is of the Jews um, did you recall in uh, in the book um, in book uh, what was it, chapter 3, when Jesus uh, told Nicodemus, we give testimony of what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. Speaking of spiritual things, he says, if I tell you the spiritual, I mean, if I tell you the carnal things and you don't understand, how can I even uh, begin to speak from a spiritual perspective? How can I begin to show you or reveal these mysteries to you that are spiritual when you can't even understand the physical you know, the level one, basically, you can't understand level one, but you will hear one to, wanting to understand something that's beyond your comprehension. You need the Holy Spirit. Oh, you need the Holy wow. Spirit at that moment. <laughs> that is awesome. That Yeah, they, need, they needed the Holy Spirit in order to be able to understand. Because uh, Jesus said, the, the words that I speak to you are spirit in our life. So spiritual yeah. things are spiritual, uh, carnal things are carnal things. And that, that tells us that the, uh, the division between the groups, you know, Jews and uh, Samaritans. But Jesus goes on to address that because he's, uh, in verse 9, she said to Jesus, when Jesus said, give me a drink. And then he said, basically, she said, how dare you ask me yeah. for a drink? We have no dealings with each other. What? Why are you asking me for a drink? So mm -hmm. Jesus tried to address that. Um, right. Even though uh, she tried to distract Jesus here and there in good points. Um, because sometimes when we evangelize, we're, you know, uh, people will throw all kinds of things in there. But what, what about science? What about um, the, you know, we came from monkeys, we came from this, and yes, we need to be ready to address those questions too that they have. And now the time is coming, or the time has come to worship God in spirit and in truth. We are to, to worship God in spirit and in truth. So let's talk about worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Amen. Amen. And, um, we need to keep in mind that now, since um, since that time where um, Jesus, um, the the crucifixion of Jesus, the veil was torn in two. That means 
um, that you can have fellowship with God, that you can come as you are, that you no no let no one condemn you, that you're not worth it, that you need to clean uh, your life, that you need to put your act together first before you come to God. No, don't don't believe those things. I I used to um, before I came to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, I was I would have plenty of excuses, and then I would have people that look um, pointed to my life. Oh, look what you did. You're not worth it to, you know. And I was to come to the Lord. And I was say, oh, yeah, I will come to God when I get my act together. Because I'm no little angel. <laughs> right. So I will say, yeah, well, uh, when I get my act together, I will go to church. I will come, you know, I will pray. I, I never got around to be to do the right thing by myself. No. Therefore, yeah. like the Samaritan woman, we need the Holy Spirit. We need God. We need God's help. And God mm-hmm. never condemns you. God uh, God sometimes convicts us of sin. And he convicts us of sin. He never condemns us. But never allowed no one to tell you that you're not worthy to come to God and to uh, pray to him at, at all. No, God loves us with an infinite love. He's willing for us to... He's with the open arms every day. Come to me. We are his children. Don't you forget. We came from him. We came from him and he, uh, we are his. But he wants us to come to him um, with our, you know, by ourselves. He don't want to be chase us, uh, chasing us around. Although sometimes he will because he loves you so much. And if he see you wrong and going in the wrong direction, he will allow sometimes trouble in your life in order to for us to for him to open our eyes to see that we need him and that without him we're nothing yes so good so good second second corinthians 6 2 says for he says in the time of my favor i heard you and in the day of salvation i helped you I tell you now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. So he's saying, he's saying, you're thinking about tomorrow, I'm going to get my act right. Tomorrow or next week, I'm going to go to church. But what about today? Today is the day of salvation. We have to make the choice today, not tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know what, what is going to happen tomorrow. So therefore, the minute that we hear the minute that we have the opportunity, we better use that opportunity today. We better use the opportunity now. And so um, this is what Jesus did. He, right on the spot, he presented the gospel to her. Right there on the spot, he he told her the truth. Right there on the spot, he answered her questions, right? He didn't say, oh, let's go to the synagogue and and, and try to reason with the Pharisee, right? He didn't say that. He said, listen, this is this is the truth, and I am he speaking to you, right? Right. That's um that's true. And now as the woman uh receive uh, you know thirst for that water, the living water, which we said we um see is the Holy Spirit that she thirsts after. Um yeah. Is, is in the Beatitudes in the book of Matthew that it said, uh, those who thirst for righteousness. We need a thirst for righteousness as she did. It was mm-hmm. not until she thirsted for that, sir, give me this water. 
that yes. Jesus, I it doesn't say there, but it's my 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 opinion that he gave her the Holy Spirit then. Mm-hmm. Because she was able finally to understand. And she was not until then, the in verse 20 and um, verse 25, that Jesus revealed his identity to her. Yes. Because he, he said in 26, verse 26, Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Oh, that verse is just like. Yes, yes. And at that moment, it said the disciples rejoined Jesus, right? At the moment he reveals himself to her, the disciples rejoined Jesus. So 27 says, just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Verse 35 says, don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Right there. It talks about the unity of, of, of the laborers. It talks about those that you co-labor with. It, it, it's not that I'm bigger than you. It's not that, that I'm imp- more important than you. We're doing the work together. What you are doing is as just as important as what I am doing for the kingdom of God. Just because you're delivering and I'm preaching and someone else is evangelizing, that doesn't mean that an evangelist is more important than the preacher. It simply means that we are co-laboring together. And I rejoice for my co-laborers. I I rejoice for those that are co-laboring with me. I rejoice for those that are uh, working alongside on the field of the Lord. I rejoice for them because we win together, right? We win together. The harvest Amen. is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful, but where are the workers? Amen. That's, what my, that, that's what comes to my mind, sis. The harvest is plentiful, but where are the workers? I say amen to that because um, I, I myself move in uh, different uh, different areas for the kingdom of God, and it is His grace. It's not that I that I deserve it because I'm so holy or anything, but it is my heart to serve the kingdom of God, to serve the King, my King and Master, and every with everything in my life. Um, because He saved my life while I should right now be in hell right now. Because um uh, but because of his grace, it is his grace the uh, granted uh, the moves us into repentance to repent yes. because I did not deserve any any of his grace, and yet he died willingly for me. It is Christ now in me, the hope of glory, and therefore I want to serve him in every possible way. I move in the um the I'm a warrior for Christ, but I Amen. also move in the realm of deliverance. Deliverance which means casting out demons. I move in the area of healing too. 
of healing deliverance. And also, first of all, I'm an evangelist. That's what I consider myself an evangelist. And um, we are never, ever to put anyone down. Doesn't matter what area you move in, because we are the body of Christ. We can never put anyone down or try to look better than then uh, just because I cast out demons, says I cannot yeah. look down on you because you preach the gospel. Because we are one body. Jesus is the head. We are the body. We are the mm-hmm. hand, the feet. The, um, the, the hand c- cannot do anything without the eye. And yeah. the eye without the hand. We are, we are to love one another and appreciate one another. Never look down on, on anyone because you consider your higher calling than that person. Yes. We so are good. to examine ourselves if we are doing that because we are not moving in love. Love is the motivation of all things. God save us because of love. He loves us with infinite love. And we can never look down on anyone. Therefore, if we can go and lift the person up higher, then God is, because God gives grace to the humble, but the proud, what happens, Sister Lena? But the proud, the, but the proud ones will, will themselves be removed, basically. In other words, they God will follow their own grace. Place. God yeah. gives grace to the humble and exalt the humble. Brings yes. him up, but the proud person he brings down. Yes, and we or never. I, or I like to say, says the proud uh, or the arrogant will actually fall flat on their face, like themselves. They will be doing the the work. It's not even God will be doing the work. It will be the the proud and the arrogant. They themselves will will um will find themselves flat on their face, basically. So, we are to rejoice when when you when I see a person a, a person preaching the gospel, healing, um, lay, laying hands on the sick, uh, feeding the homeless, doing the work of God. I rejoice. I say that that's yes. not. <laughs> yes, I rejoice and say and I cheer them up because there we are part of that the that team we're part of the uh, the body of Christ the soldiers of Christ the 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 yeah, we are part of the kingdom of God so how can you not rejoice for someone to do good yes and so it's absolutely a thing that we need to do we need to sh- search our hearts and i question myself why am i not rejoicing when he's doing good What's wrong with me? We are yeah. to examine our hearts, examine ourselves to see if we are still walking in the faith. We're still in the faith, um, faith you know, uh, with the, in the, we're still doing the right thing. Because it is the enemy that, that hates when some of your brothers succeed. Yeah. It is the enemy when she's, he sees you doing good and uh, start criticizing slandering condemning criticizing mm-hmm. and i should have got this i should have got not that person we need to examine our hearts when we're doing those things because that's not it's clearly not the work of god it's the work of the enemy and i'm not mm-hmm. condemning anyone so it's just i tell you this because i've been there so it is not to condemn anyone just it's just a word of advice 
And that right there is a trap of comparison. A lot of times we compare. A lot of times we look at others. Oh, you know, this one is here. That one is there. They're doing this much and I'm doing this much. Just like the talents, God may have given somebody 10 talents. You shouldn't be, uh, you shouldn't be, uh, I mean, five talents. You shouldn't be, um, you shouldn't be jealous or uh, looking down upon them just because they have a little bit more than you. Maybe they have worked in private a little bit more than you have. Maybe you don't understand uh, the type of trouble that they went through to be where they're at. Maybe they have gone through fires and, and, and so forth to be where they are. And so we're not to compare. We're not to compare ourselves to, to, to those that are in ministry. We're not to compare those, uh, those of us that are moving in different um, office or function but rather exalt one another and celebrate one another. When I saw Anna, I celebrated her. I saw, I saw a great woman of God. I saw a warrior and I knew that she just needed a push. And it was something that I could have offered her because that's something that got put on the inside of me. And now we, two of us can, can take the, the kingdom of darkness together because we are more powerful. Two are powerful. You know, sis? Two are powerful. One is powerful, right? But two are even more powerful. Amen to that. And thank you, sis, because um, you, um, the Lord put you in there to give me that little push because <laughs> I would say I would do it, but I, I was stuck in that position. And, and But eventually, you know, um, one of the things that, the very important point that you you said it is um, it is true. Sometimes we see a person, a servant of God, laying hands on someone and see that person being healed. And, oh, I want that. I want to be like him. Mm. But in reality, we, you, we have no clue sometimes what that person, the price that person had to pay to do that. In order to release the power of God through you, that means that God is going to uh, God is going to purge you. God is going to break you, mold mold you, and shape you again. The pain yeah. of breaking, molding, and reshaping again is no. It's not. Not for the weak. It's not for the weak. It's isn't it like Jesus to take the most uncommon men and women, like men and women that we would discredit. Like right away, we would say, nah, not them. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I, I can see like that man or that woman, you know, that's been maybe going to Bible study. Uh, I mean, Bible school or whatever the case may be. Maybe, you know, that learned or schooled man, right? But that person right there, nah, not them. I don't think God's going to use them. Like they were. And then so instead of seeing for, uh, you know, for the person that God has created them to be, they discredit the person based on their past. Oh, I remember who they used to be. I remember what they used to do, right? I remember who they were when I knew them, but not realizing that God is transforming hearts as we are walking out this journey. God may have come in the midst of a situation where this person has no other choice but to follow him. It's like there's no other there's no other way that I would just deny Christ. You see what I'm saying? 
because of what he did for me, because of what he did for you. And here, I've had my own people, my own friends tell me, Lena, are you putting on an act? Like, when is this act going to end? Like, when are you going to, like, let us know that all this was an act? And I'm like, no, it's not an act. You know, this is me, truly. God is transforming my heart. God has done some things in my life. And so now um, I'm sharing that joy with others. And when I say that, uh, that very person said, I could see that God is working in you. And so God be glorified. And I'm thankful um, that at that moment, that person does not discredit me at the moment, but says, I could truly see God working in you. I could, I could truly see because of who you were, right? That's a testimony because of who you were. And let me tell you something. I used to be that person. Um, and I used to be that person that would say, turn the music down, you know, the Christian music down, you know, uh, I don't want to go to church. You know, I will be that person. Right. But now I'm the same person that's saying, turn that worldly music down. You know, I'm that same person saying, stop doing this or, you know, don't entertain the world or whatever the case may be. Where in, in the past, I would be, uh, I would actually be against the, the holy things of the Lord. You see what I'm saying? So that's that moment, the, the word, the Lord is working. It's cleansing us from inside out. We can look good like the Pharisees. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus so, called them whitewashed tombs. You know, yeah. you're inside, you're full of men, dead bones. You yeah. stink inside and you look so nice outside. So the outward appearance is one thing. But when God takes us into, we come to the Lord, he works in our hearts. The, 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 I be, in fact, I believe is the most important thing to God is the heart, the position of our heart. And yeah. if God, God starts cleansing us, and that's what many times, as you say, yeah, they tell me, Lena, come on. <laughs> yes, come on. Like, when are you going to do something different? And I'm like, uh, no, this is just the beginning. Or I had one person actually tell me, uh, I want the old Lena back. Like, I don't like this new Lena that's that's you portraying. I want the old person back. Like, the person who used to gossip with me, the person who used to, you know, do these things with me. So, uh, you know, I, I don't like this new person that you're becoming, basically. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. That's the person that I am today. And let me tell you, Anna, sometimes I, want, I am astonished at myself. I'm like, I, I know where God brought me from because I used to be that person. But then also I'm remembering of the times where rebellion took over my life, you know, and and I would say, yeah, I remember those moments. And I thank you, God, that you have brought me out of that place. You have brought me out of that place. And so uh, what they say don't matter to me because I know who I am on the inside. I know who God has created me to be. And so I do not pay attention to the people around me. <laughs> I do not pay attention to what they're saying because I know my mission. I know my mission in life. And so I'm going to go forth um, carrying that mission. And, and I don't care what other people say. Amen. So, and you, we must understand that they want the old person back. You know, oh, you were more fun before you were the, but, uh, in the first place. Christi Christians shouldn't be boring. We have our way to, to, to have fun. Not yeah. in the world's way anymore because why? The old Lena's dead. The old Anna is dead. Yeah. We cannot we we that person 
cannot, you know, it's already dead and buried in the baptism with Christ. So the new me is me. It's this what you see now. So yeah. <laughs> the the reason the fact that we don't uh, we don't um, identify or uh, to now as we used to before because this is a new creation. This is a new person, and you are in the old person. So yeah. that's the uh, that's the reason. And many people will want the all person, uh, you know, person back, yeah. but. We understand that that person is dead, is gone. And listen, I had to dis disconnect for that very reason uh, with my very best friend, actually. I had to disconnect for that very reason because that person wouldn't accept me for who I was, the new person. They wouldn't understand my journey because my journey looked a little different than they what they expected of me. And so um, I actually had to walk away from that friendship because it no longer served any purpose. Like I couldn't be around gossip. I couldn't be around um, the things that we used to do, you know? And so um, I had to walk away from that. And sometimes, uh, you know, if you're in that position and you're, you're changing, you're transforming, it's, you know, that's the key word here. You're transforming. You're no longer that cocoon, right? You're becoming a butterfly. So you, you can no longer stay in that cocoon state. You have to get out and, and, and learn how to fly you have to you have to um say yes to change you know you have to discover who it is that you are so that you can be all that god has created you to be but if you continue to just settle if you continue to just tolerate and um and please everyone i think that's the biggest thing is that we try to please other people so much we try to please other people like oh i, I care what they think but in the end they really don't care people do not care in the end so we have to we have to stop thinking that people really care because if they don't like us for who we are then that's that's it we're we're just going to keep going uh, there's going to be plenty of people who are going to love us for who we are so one simple one simple decision that we have to make that the scripture said friendship with the world is enmity with god so you want the, to please the world you're going to be an enemy of god so but if you want to please the lord uh, God will bring new friends to you. God, you have, don't you forget that you have entered into the family of God, into the kingdom of God. You're a, a citizenship, uh, your citizenship is in heaven now. It's not yeah. in the world. The world knows its own and loves his own. Jesus said that. However, you're not of the world. We're not of the world. Yet we, be, we, we live in the world. But our way of living it's different now. The things that we used to enjoy, the sin that we used to love doing, committing, it's not long, no longer, although we are still bound for certain habits because it takes time to, to get delivered from those things. Yes. Yet we are a work in progress. Yes. I like that you said that. We are a work in progress. And so um let us continue if you're if you have found yourself in that place then just allow god to transform you allow god to remove those things from your life there's time and season in every relationship some relationships are not going to work out and you have to be okay with that especially when you are growing especially when you are changing especially when you are chasing purpose and so forth you're going to you're going to 
encounter all these different challenges. But fear not, fear not, because God is always with you and he will give you what you need um, in the end. So as we continue on the, the discussion, it says that once more he visited Cana in Galilee. Now, remember, this was a place where his parents are from, right? Because that's where they went to the wedding and he turned water into wine, even though it wasn't his hour just yet. Remember how he said to his mother, my hour has not come just yet? Amen. He, um, the, the reason I believe he said that it was because uh, it was because he uh, there was there's an appointed time where your ministry God is uh, he take you through a period of purification pre preparation for a certain time that he has for you to step into what he has um, the purpose that he has for you in your life. Yes. I believe that's the reason why he said that. To his mother. Perhaps, perhaps your 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 testimony wouldn't be as effective in that season. Perhaps that's why he said, "Woman, it's not my time yet." Yeah, um, because he he knew that there was a time, which he was. We could uh, we could read in Matthew chapter four when the appointed time of Jesus' ministry was, because yes. it was not until he was baptized. It, what yeah. the water and baptized with the Holy Spirit. The the Holy Spirit drove him through the wilderness, which again is a another uh, uh, another teaching in itself. The Holy Spirit came into Jesus and drove him to the wilderness, where yeah. he was tempted forty days and forty nights. Which I believe does the was the prep, the ultimate test of the preparation of his ministry to step into the ministry that he, God had for him yeah. here. An appointed time, an appointed yeah. time. And, um, and so we have to pay attention to that when it's not our hour. Uh, you, we wouldn't be as effective. We wouldn't be as influential. I would say as we would when it is our time, when it's our time, no one can stop our time. Right. And so, that right there, and I, I see my husband has joined. Hi, Frank. <laughs> Thanks for joining. Just for a second. Hi, Just brother Frank. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Hello, everybody. Yes. Good, thank good. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Welcome, no problem. Yes, that was my husband, Anna. Um, <laughs> he, he is also on the road, and he's able to listen in. Um to our conversation, he's able to listen to our discussion, and well, so praise the Lord, he can give yeah. us his thoughts too, because the Holy Spirit is with you too as well. So uh, the Word of God said it's not the Word of God is not uh, not a private interpretation. So I, I know we know the Holy Spirit is with us, and he's with uh, he's also with you. So that's awesome. Yes, and, and thank you, thank you, um, Frank, for joining. It's awesome. Um, that, that brings joy to my heart. And so it says, um, when this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee, that's uh, verse 47, from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come to heal his son, who was close to death, right? This is an official that we were talking about, the high official. And so he begged him and he said, come. 
and heal my son. And you know what Jesus' response was? He said, unless you, you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. You notice how he said that? It, it's as if he already knew the heart of that man. As if he already perceived what, what it is that he came for, the purpose that he was coming for. And he generalizes because remember the place that he comes from is the place where, where people do not believe his miracles and his wonders, right? So he said, you people see signs and wonders. You will never believe unless you see it. He already made it clear on, uh, on verse 43, a, a prophet has no credibility in his own household. In his own country. I'm paraphrasing. So he said that um, in his own house, they wouldn't believe in him. So that's why he, in the, the same uh, governmental governmental official came from Capernaum, uh, which uh, Jesus later on in one scripture condemned Capernaum because he said, if the signs that were performing you would have been performing Sodom and Gomorrah, Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah will still be here. Well, so, that's, a good, that's a good point, sis. So, you know, it was the place of, uh, he was, the, this governmental official, we're going to judge him here for a little bit, <laughs> which we're yeah. allowed to, praise the Lord. Um, yeah. He was coming from the place where they, you know the the I will say the 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 house uh, you know where Jesus grew up, where the area where Jesus was preaching, performing signs, wonders, and miracles. Because he said we we know that he said he came from uh, the village of Cana of Galilee, where Jesus had already transformed the water into wine. Do you think uh, it was a wedding? Everyone knew about that miracle. Yes, it was a small place, right? But so sometimes we are faced with that. We we can hear about signs and wonders, but sometimes we are faced with our own decisions to believe or disbelieve. As Jesus told the disciples, who do men say that I am? And they went, oh, so John the Baptist, and on and on they went. But Jesus turned the tables to them. But who do you say that I am? Yeah. And that was like, okay, you could say point this finger to this person, this person, but now you, what do you say? Do you believe in me? Did you believe the word? Do you believe? And he puts it right in our lap to believe or disbelieve. So the man here, he entered into the he entered into the village of Cana, where Galilee, where uh, where Jesus had already transformed the water into wine. He met where he met Jesus met the governor official whose son was sick and dying. When he heard that Jesus had left Judea, and he was staying in Cana of Galilee, he decided to make a journey. That, that word amazed me right there. He decided to make decided to make a journey to Cana. Uh -huh. A lot of times we need we are in need of of, of uh, healing, restoration, and for certain areas of our life. But we want the minister to come here where I am, although I'm healthy and I I can walk. And this is no condemnation for no one. This I just want to make a point here. 
that if we know that there is healing, that there is deliverance, that there is salvation, then uh, in in uh, in the minister that's moving by the power of the Holy Spirit, we want the minister sometimes to come to us. But this man, decide being a highly elective uh, official, decides to make a journey to where Jesus was, and he begged him, "You must come with." Uh, with me to Capernaum to heal my son, he said. Jesus said to him, you, you will never believe unless you see signs and wonders. But mm. the man continued to plead with him. And the man, um, he said, come with me to Capernaum. My little boy dies. One thing Jesus singled out, the doubt and unbelief. He said, I your son can be healed. Your son can be healed, but you want, you know, sometimes, this is another point that I need, I want to make here. Sometimes we want healing. We want restoration of a marriage. We want um, finances. We, lack, we, are, we have lack in certain areas of our life. And we pray, but we want God to answer in the way he we want him to answer us. And God is God. He does not submit to us. We are to be submitted to him. He is God, the creator of all things. And I have mentioned before that I have prayed for people. And they tell me, oh, pray this way and this way. No, you. I'm not going to submit to you. I I submit to God in the Holy Spirit how he wants me to pray. If you want me to pray for you the way you want me to pray for you, then let us not waste our time. Let God do his work because we are vessels of the Lord. Yes. We are not to be we are not to tell God what to do. Yet sometimes God in his great mercy. Yes. He does it for us but as grown-up believers we have the understanding of the sovereignty of god in who he is therefore we submit to him because we are supposed to be led by the holy spirit we are not leading the holy spirit the holy spirit was sent to lead us um romans eight fourteen says as as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons so the sons don't tell the parents what to do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. So well, Jesus was. Spirit. I apologize. This gone. Well, I was saying, be led by the Holy Spirit. Don't be led by your emotions and feelings, but rather by the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times we are led by our emotions and feelings rather than what God says, and that's where we run into uh, a stop. That's where. We can't go any further than that because God is God and we cannot lean on our own understanding. We cannot say, well, I feel this way or I think this way. No, it's what God says. If God said what he said, that is the end of it. But sometimes we want to be the ones to tell God, but I think God, but I feel God. And, and God's not going to, he's not going to um, go back and forth with us. You know what I'm saying, sis? Um, he's not going to go back and forth with us. His word is true. He said it. That's it. That's the end of it. We cannot sugarcoat it. 
but I think God meant this or I think he meant this. No, he said what he said and we must believe that. Amen. I, I absolutely agree with that because um, we are to speak word, the word of God as it is. God commands us to lay hands on the sick. After you, um, the action of laying hands on the hand on the sick person does your obedience. Um, it is in the book of Proverbs that it says the preparation of the heart belongs to men, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. So your obedience to lay hands on someone is your obedience. As you being obedient, the Lord proceeds because you're the vessel. It is God who flows through us to heal that person. We within ourselves, we don't uh, have the power to do it on our own. It is God's uh, healing virtue that flows through the person. Amen. Yes. So um, more than anything, what Jesus was addressing in John, 40, uh, John 4, 46 through 49, it was... He was addressing the, uh, the, the heart. This, uh, he was addressing the heart of the, um, the uh, elective official, the governmental electoral official. That's what it says in my Bible. I'm, leaving the, um, I'm, I'm reading the, uh, the, the Passion Translation. Sometimes I read a different translations. I'm just not. I love my number one is the New King James Version, but... However, I did. Um, and I said, Jesus, uh, Jesus was addressing the matter of the heart of the of the elective official in this uh, uh, particular passage, because in John seven thirty eight, uh, Jesus said, "The one who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, from his most inner being will flow rivers of living water." Mm. And what is the what? Is it just a quick question? What is the most inner being of a person? Is the heart, and he was addressing the heart of that official. He was saying, in my own words, uh, he was saying, "Your son is going to be healed." But, however, yes, we must address this in you. Go on, brother Frank. No, I, I was like, yeah, you're right. He says it's going to be here. You just got to ha have faith and belief. Absolutely, brother. Hey, man, that's Jesus was saying, yes, he's going to be healed, but we need to deal with your heart. And that is amazing because um, Romans 10.10, 10, um, Jesus said, uh, I mean, the word of God says, the, um, the, the heart that believes in, in him receives the gift of righteousness, the righteousness of God. For with the mouth men be, uh, believe unto confession, but with the heart, did I say it backwards? I'm so sorry. I kind of uh, got tongue, tongue twisted. <laughs> okay. uh, with the heart man believes unto salvation, but mouth, the mouth makes the confession, Romans 10. 10. So yeah. the heart is the Jesus was addressing in him. So again, it tells us again, the heart. We need to be careful with our hearts. Yes. 
and uh, the heart often represents the feelings and emotions that we have. A lot of times, you know, we we have certain feelings and certain emotions because of the things that we encounter, the things that we go through. And some of these, uh, I'm not saying these these feelings or emotions are invalid. What I'm saying is sometimes they are misleading. They will tell us things uh, or the, the feelings and emotions uh, uh, that we're feeling that are contrary to the word of God. And this is why um, I am so adamant about people studying the word of God for themselves because we can excuse it with our feelings. Well, I feel this way or I think this way where God's word is God's word and he cannot go uh, left or right with it. He He will tell you exactly what it is. And so he, he often in the Bible even says the heart is wicked above all things. He's talking about the emotions and feelings that we have in our heart. That's what he's yeah. talking about. And so we have to pay attention to those feelings and emotions because oftentimes they stream from uh, the things that we encounter, the things we hear with our senses, right? The things we see, the things we experience, touch, and so forth. And they're not valid a lot of times. They're not valid. So this is why we have to go to the word of God rather than our feelings and emotions. Yeah. Amen. We we are to to be centered more in the word than above above our feelings. Our feelings lie to us. We women um, are, we are very emotional, and praise God because <laughs> He made us for for a purpose that way. Uh, what uh, perceptions that sometimes um, men, our spouses cannot. Don't don't have, but I'm not putting men down in no way, shape, form, or manner, because sometimes they are okay. the the ones that hold us in that position. Uh, you know, when our emotions are, uh, wave, uh, you know, wavering, the men hold us. No, it, this is truth, and stay here. Is the protector that God created for us, because the enemy taps into our emotions. We um, and sometimes uh. I tell this uh, to people, the domain of mankind is the mind and the heart. As long as you take care of those two things, we are good. The, the, uh, because the heart is a God wants from mankind. The enemy wants what? The heart of mankind as well. So how uh, the, the word of God tells us in Proverbs we are to protect our heart above all else, above yeah. everything else from, from, from it, follows the issues of life. As long as you keep your heart healthy in your mind and protect what you watch, what you put into your mind, and, and uh, you're, you're going to be walking in a, good, um, in a good standing with the Lord because you're able to make a good decision at any given, given time. I want to share something here um, as we are discussing this. Um, you mentioned mind and heart. And a lot of times what's in our heart comes from our mind. And our mind is made up of different thoughts. It's made up of different ideas. It's, um, it's made up of different, uh, I guess, different things that we see on a daily basis or hear. 
opinions are uh, our opinions are made up uh, um, in our mind and once they are made up in our mind they begin to flow into our hearts and that's where our feelings and emotions lie so the mind and heart are connected what you put into your mind will be the reflection of your heart amen the mind we need to understand that is the receptor of things that we see hear and perceive however the heart is where the decision is made that's why god tells us in the book of proverbs protect your heart above all else from from it close the issues of life so see the the mind is just the receptor uh, i don't know if i'm um, if i'm making sense but that's what i said earlier the domain domain of mankind in this world is the heart and the mind the heart and the mind those are yeah. the two most important things that we are to protect and that's what sister lena as you being a mother and me too what do you, what are we um, when our children are tempted to watch evil movies i'm sorry but you know i don't allow my children to watch certain movies like the exorcist you know just name it because what it's, it's they're watching guess where it's going to go into their hearts and now our children are turning rebellious and just doing all crazy stuff but ultimately sister we were the ones that allow our children yes to to watch that and to put that into their ultimately their heart because they're being bombarded by all these images and all these things how do you think they're going to affect that little heart of them which have no experience they're pure Th those children are very pure and we allow them to pollute and contaminate their mind their will their emotions through that way wow that's 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 quite a discussion sis i didn't think we was going to go that way um but it's definitely uh it's definitely beneficial you know as 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 um as a mother myself i like to uh observe what my children are watching i like to um make sure you know that their hearts are pure because i am accountable for my children i am yeah. accountable as as even frank you know uh you are my husband you are accountable for your household that means you're accountable for me and and our children you are accountable to what we are watching you are accountable to what we are hearing what we are uh what we are around on a daily basis um because you are the protector of our home you are one who stands and is accountable to god but yeah god also gives us a partner to help us god gives us a partner to help us and so this is where the wife comes in and uh together the wife and husband can lead the family well that's true yes. you are very blessed brother frank because uh you know the position that god has put you in as head of household it's it's to be honest uh, the the word of god is uh, says that it's it's a position of honor yeah it holds a lot of is a lot of responsibility but remember you're not alone uh remember the order of the family um god the father the son and and you 
and then Sister Elena and the children. There is an order to be followed. As long as we fo follow that order, everything is going to be in, in place, you know, as God and the enemy cannot penetrate your house because you're following the order. It is when we get out of order, the enemy infiltrates our, home, our houses. And, you know, yes, but the Lord already, one thing is just given to us as it is given to, to, you, to you as a head of household is the grace, is grace to do what God called you to do. Although sometimes you might feel overwhelmed because it is no easy task to be a head of household and to, to be accountable to God for, the, for everything else of your family. But all oh, you have to tap into that grace that God has given you. Lord, this is seemed like too much for me. Just allow your grace to flow through me and just let it overflow your heart. Take a deep breath. <laughs> And go at it again. Never give up. Never give up because the Lord already has granted you grace to be to to deal with that particular problem that you are facing. Yes, amen. Yes. Yes. Thank you, sis, uh, for sharing that and sharing your heart on this matter. Um, as I said, we are discussing scripture, but we never know where it's going to lead us. Honestly, we don't know uh, who needs this word. We, we are simply just here discussing this together and letting the Holy Spirit lead us. And so if you needed this word, God bless you. Because if you are right here right now listening to us, whether you are on a replay or live, uh, it's going to bless you. It's going to be a word for such a time. A time such as, uh, as, as uh, I like to say, for such a time as this. It's a divine word specifically designed and catered to you, the listener, whoever is listening. Because God knows your heart and he knows your mind and he knows your spirit and he will fill it accordingly. So Jesus says, um, as we continue on this, this, this discussion... Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. So he was desperate. This official right here, he's desperate. He's like, if you don't come down, Jesus, my son is going to die. So you have to come. I've traveled this far to, to, to uh, get you to come. I'm in desperation, okay? He's in desperate need of salvation. He's in desperate need of healing. And so he says, sir, uh, he says, uh, come before my child dies. And Jesus seeing his heart, okay? Now now let's, let's. Uh, uh, it doesn't say that in scripture, but I can imagine Jesus seeing his heart and saying, go. Because he's seen that the man right here is is true in what he says because he's transparent here, right? He comes to Jesus. He asks in desperation and Jesus seeing his heart says, go, your son will live. And later it says the man took Jesus at his word and departed while he was still on the way. And I find this so amazing right here. While he was still on the way, like he didn't even get to his house, okay? 
his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. That's how faith works. Sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't even need to happen at a certain time. God just makes it happen because of our obedience. Because we have said yes, because we have said, okay, I'm going to do what you have asked me to do. And so um, right here it says, while he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that this that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. And then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So it was at the moment that he said, go, is the moment where the son was healed. Isn't it amazing, sis? It is, it is. Um, excuse me, one instance that I was reminded right now by the Holy Spirit of uh, Matthew 8, 5 through 13, about the centurion man, where he yeah. was uh, seeking Jesus. He was seeking Jesus for a healing for his uh, servant. And um, he, uh, Jesus actually offered to go with him. And he said, no, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Just speak a mm -hmm. word and my, and my servant will be healed. We have uh, a, a contrast here of, uh, elected, high elected official yeah. that had no. Say that, brother Frank. Sounds like your connection is weak, Frank. Yeah, it sounds like your connection is weak on your end, Frank. Well, well, I hear really good. Now. Both of you. Yeah, it looked like yeah. everybody was mute, so I didn't hear nothing. So just got well, sis, um, well, sis, um, if you would like to repeat what you said earlier, that would be awesome. Oh, definitely. Um, I was reminded as you were reading the, the passage, I was reminded of Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 through 13, about the centurion man. Um, who was seeking for healing for his servant. Uh, he went um, and saw, saw Jesus and then he found him and he's, um, he asked him to come, uh, you know, Jesus actually offered to go with him. And the, the centurion said, no, only speak a word. I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. Did you notice that? Amazing yes. thing. Yes. Yet being a centurion. Sis, yes. can you hear good? Am I? Yeah, no, you're fine. You're fine. So being a centurion, um, the, uh, he, uh, the faith that this man had, it was amazing. He, need, he just said, only speak a word and my servant is going to be healed. I was amazed at his response. 
And we noticed the response of the high elective, elected official with his son, come, my son is dying. Just yeah. come, go with me. And the, uh, and, on the other hand, the centurion said, just speak a word. I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, unto my house. Yes. And, and that, that contrast of respo- the response of each one, it just, I just marvel at that, that the centurion men knew, obviously, um, about authority, how just by Jesus speaking a word, it will be accomplished. It will be mm-hmm. done. The healing of the servant will be uh, done. Yes. And the other men needed the presence of Jesus to be with it, to go with him. And that, notice, that really amazed me right there. And notice this um, in Matthew uh, 8, right? It says that when Jesus entered Capernaum, it's, it appears to be the same place. A centurion came to him asking for help. So if you notice that verse 5 says he had entered Capernaum, the same place. Oh, wow. I have not noticed that. but I have not noticed that before. I have not noticed that before, but right now I'm like, that is the the similar story. That is a similar story. Also, a a centurion being a warrior or being uh, someone of of, um, esteemed place or... or, uh, or a high official of some sort, but I centurion being a warrior. Um, both of them are asking for healing. Both of them is that's why when um, when you were speaking about that, the Lord just brought that um, that story to uh, that instance to me to my mind too, and they were both seeking healing. One. Yes. Um, the um, the uh, centurion's heart was in the right place. <laughs> he knew about authority uh, for sure that Jesus yes. speaking a word, it will be accomplished. The heal- healing of her, his servant will be, his servant will be healed. And the other one needed the presence of Jesus. But that's what Jesus told him. He said, unless you see signs and wonders, you don't believe. He had to confront him about his disbelief and his um, lack of faith, I believe, before this this miracle were to um, to be accomplished. Because he said it, he he had to confront that spirit of disbelief in him. You see what I'm Amen. saying? Amen. I, I totally agree with that. So, he had to um, confront it because he saw that his heart was not ready to receive. So he said, you people do not believe unless I see, uh, unless um, unless uh, there will be signs and wonders. So he's like positioning him for for uh, for a different answer, right? He's positioning him to to ba- basically change his focus because his focus was like heal him now, you know, and and um, and Jesus is like your heart is not in the right place to believe, so. You need to take care of this before it happens. So what does that tell Amen. us? What does that tell us? Our heart has to be in the right place. Be right. Our heart has to be in the right place before we receive a miracle. If your heart is not right, God is not ready to give you what it is that you're asking for. Because if your heart is, is still doubting, if your heart is still 
uh, working in this belief, God's not going to give you what you're asking for. But regardless, once his belief changed, right? It says that Jesus had mercy upon him. He said, go, your son will live. Because he didn't even have to ask him. He already saw his heart. You see what I'm saying? Like, God knows the heart of a man. So he sees when it's the right time to be moved. He sees when it's the right time. We people see the outward appearance, right, of the heart. But God sees the inner heart. And he's saying, listen, it's not ready or it is ready. Because God knows exactly the condition of that person's heart. Amen. So Amen. once he shifted, once he shifted his focus, the man believed. And he said, go. Your son will live. But then if we if we go through the, the scripture, it says that when he inquired his servants to find out what time his son was healed, it was at that very moment. It says yesterday, right? At that very moment, yesterday at one in the, one in the afternoon, at the moment that Jesus was speaking to, to the high official, because he had to walk a little bit, right, to get to his house. Yeah. Well, so it's important to pay attention to these details because these details tell us these details tells us um what we need to do what we need to do to receive a miracle right here um and so then the father realized that this was the exact time and and uh, so he and his whole house believed like god already prepared the house he's like okay that miracle is going to happen at the right time and salvation is going to come to that house. So we are not to rush anything as we talked about it earlier, sis. Sometimes we like to rush things, you know, but when it's not your time, it's not your time. Amen. Have you noticed one thing in uh, verse uh, was uh, 56 through 58? Um why was it so important for Jesus to address the matter of the heart of the, the, the high elected official? Because the, the purpose and the reason, I believe, is in 56 through 58. Then the, then the father, when the father, father inquired what time uh -huh. it was it that his son got well, uh, got well have, you know, and he said, right, they right. told him what time. So this is the reason why Jesus need to, needed to address the problem of this man's heart, the doubt, fear, and unbelief, because this mostly working together, those things. So because, yes. because if he wouldn't he would have healed the son right then and there, then this wouldn't happen, wouldn't it happen? Then the father uh, in 50, 56 then the father immediately realized that it was at that very very say, same time and hour that Jesus spoke that his son got healed um uh from then this is the this is the key i believe that uh, from the uh, from that day forward the man and his servants and all his household believed uh -huh. And so it was important for Jesus to address that because sometimes he he, uh, he he does certain miracles, certain things in our lives. But if he allowed the heart 
you know, our if we allow our heart to remain in that position, God has plans and purpose and a plan and purpose, and He had people that you can reach in your household, in your work, at the supermarket, wherever you are. We are ambassadors for Him, so that's why I believe He had to address this. Uh, the heart the man the heart uh, of the high elected official because he not only earned his heart now but his whole his whole household his servants and his whole family yes because of that very miracle right because of that very miracle that happened because the now they couldn't they couldn't they just couldn't um understand what was happening you know this this man this boy was about to die and you know, this miracle happened, so, um, you know, he had to tell him what happened, right? He had to tell him what happened, so he testified, I believe, and that's when the household believed, because I don't think, um, you know, the, the household believed without the man telling them, you know what I'm saying? Amen. And sometimes I wonder why God does these things, and I, I you know, it's like, oh, wow, he could have just done it right then and there. <laughs> yeah. After all, there's a purpose. Yeah, after all, we, you know, we it, God is God is God, but sometimes we have this idea of how God needs to do uh, needs to do things for us, and what He He you know everything. We have the plan laid out for God. However, you know, one thing that really amazes me that God does not submit to to what how you know our formulas or anything else. In fact, every time Jesus heals someone, he hardly, uh, I don't think he did it the same way. Some, some, uh, he would spit on the mud and rub his eyes to gain his sight. And, you know, all those things, you know, and sometimes we just get accustomed to, oh, you know. Predictable, yeah. Prediction, yes. like we predict certain things to happen. And when they don't work out, then we get upset because. Oh, you know what? I predicted this, but it's, it didn't happen this way. And now I'm in trouble, you know, because I wanted to be this way and it didn't happen this way. So now what do I do next? You know, now you got to seek the Lord, right? Now you got to seek for answers because God is trying to humble you. He's just trying to bring you to a place where you surrender to him and you say, God, you're the one that's in control of everything that I do. So I don't want to move ahead of you. I don't want to do anything that that is going to jeopardize anything that you have going for me. And that was a word right there. That was a word right there. I felt it. Um, so this discussion has been uh, a blessing. And thank you, Frank, for joining us. Um, we were supposed to record earlier, but we weren't able to record. So um, we actually uh, decided to come a little later and you joined us. You were blessed as a result. So that's, yeah, well, um, thank you for having me. You know, was blessed by joining with live with you guys, and also, and like when sister was saying, um, sometimes she doesn't know why Jesus do this thing. I think he did it, you know, just to test our faith, our heart, and stuff like that. But I think, like, if you recall back how when you know when his disciple Peter was was following him, and then Peter mother in law was home, he she was here. I mean, she was ill, and she you know she couldn't barely do anything. We just laying down. And then, um, and then when Peter was worried about his his mother-in-law, and then Jesus said, Peter, you know, you worry too much. Just, you know, she'd be okay, man. She'd be fine. And because he see that, you know, his heart was kind of in and out. 
you know, he's following Jesus here. Yeah. So he also cared for his mother-in-law and, you know, his heart was two different places because he loved his mother-in-law, so he wanted to be healing. But and when Jesus said, you, it's okay. When you get back, she'll be healing. And that's exactly what happened when he returned back the next morning. And his, and his mother-in-law, he was like, what happened? I mean, even his wife was excited for her mom, you know, to be healed by Jesus. So, yeah, he do those things to test, you know, test how hard and stuff like that, like, like you were saying, so. That's a good point. Thank you for sharing this, Frank. I'd never seen it that way um, because we all see it from a different perspective as I've always shared, you know. And thank you for sharing that. That's definitely a perspective that I will have to go back to. Sis, what about you? It's a good point. Uh, excellent point, Brother Frank. They're ministered to my heart. <laughs> as I said, I was, I was wondering, like, Lord, why do you, uh, how, why does he do this things. <laughs> yeah, it's just our fifth and high. Oh, yeah. that really ministered to me. And you know, all, all those people, you know, Peter, I mean, he was, you know, I mean, you could say he was Jesus, you know, right hand man, but he was still kind of doubting because his mother in law, you know, but like, yet, you know, you are the Messiah, I'm following you, but my mother in law is, is home laying down ill, and I'm thinking about her, but he probably think, but you're not doing anything about her. And, but, but Jesus know all along, you know, he, he know Peter mother mother-in-law was sick and she needed healing but he just wanted you know to test his heart and maybe he wanted him to say something and that's exactly you know what he did so that's why she was able you know to receive healing from jesus but as you know even he was a follower of jesus and one of the um, disciple but jesus had to show him that you know i'm still your you know your messiah i'm still your god you know so Oh, wow. Awesome. Praise the Lord. And Thank that, you actually, for... that actually brings me to another story where where Lazarus, remember, Lazarus was uh, was kind of left behind, too. Um, you know, they were saying, that's your th that's your beloved. Like, how you, how can you just leave him just like that? Right. But Jesus had a plan. He had to completely, yeah. you know be put in a tomb and everything and um only then god shows up right only then um jesus shows up and and does a miracle yeah, never um, too late for him never too late never too late but also at his own timing because we want him to be um to to come at a certain time and, and god's like no don't push it because yeah uh, if it's not time it's not time the heart is not ready and that, i think that's what i learned today is that when your heart is not ready it's not ready and so we have to leave it alone. Amen. Amen. I really enjoy this uh, this time and all this uh, fellowship with you guys. It was just amazing. I just feel my heart overflowing. <laughs> yes. Yes. And especially, especially because we had so many challenges coming on. Um, we, you know, we didn't even think we was going to be able to record this session. Um but, you know, God has a way of making this happen. And uh, I thank you for joining. I thank you um, for your obedience, Frank, too, you know, to to um, share your side, you know, to share your perspective. Um, and we are blessed as a result, for sure. Yeah, you really bless us with your presence, Brother Frank. And uh, that's awesome. It's just um, amazing that, you know, and, and that honestly the lord really minister minister to my heart through <laughs> that question that goes sometimes in my mind like why does god do these things amen amen to god amen. Be the glory. 
Praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister Lena. It was a blessing to, to be here with both of you guys. And yeah, uh, look forward to uh, the next um, the next section. Matter of fact, my testimony is that I came to God in my own car. I was driving in my car when the Lord put a song in my spirit. It was a childhood song that that I knew, but I didn't really understand. And God put a song on my heart at that moment. And I began to sing it. And God began to minister to me. God began to speak to me about my season. He began to speak to me of where I was. He began to speak about the, the things I was doing, convicting me, not condemning me, but convicting me of sin. He was convicting me of, of, of the things that I have done wrong. And there I was in the car, Anna. There I was in the car and I gave my life to Christ. Oh, amazing. Oh, hallelujah. Didn't I we say in the previous message that God quickened, the Holy Spirit quickened the word, illuminates the word to our hearts. That I met, I, I've known a lot of pastors that they, they, through reading the gospel, reading the word of God, they got saved. They did, no one witnessed to them. It was the word of God for for itself that did the work in their hearts, illuminating yeah. their heart, the the quickening their their spirit, and they dropped on their knees and oh, Sister Lena, that is amazing. <laughs> I was not in the church building. Yes, I was a believer my whole life, but my life that I the, the life that I was living didn't reflect the light of Christ. It didn't reflect anything like Christ. And, I, and and God convicted me right there on the spot. And I said, Lord, this song is about me. I have gone away way far too long. And that song says, no, you have not. Oh, amazing. It's for Oh, my goodness. Like, as if that, that particular song was, was written specifically for me at that moment. And it was a, a simple childhood song. So God no. will speak to us through our surrounding. He will speak to us through people. He will speak to us through situations. He will speak to us through circumstances. And he will convict us of what we're doing wrong. He will convict us of, of our sin. What is it that, that, we're, uh, that is not pleasing in his sight? And right there and then we will have the opportunity. We won't, we won't have time to run to a church building. We won't have time to to set up an appointment with the pastor, we're going to have to give our life to Christ right there and then. My story was, was not that, that I received Christ in the church building or at the, or at the altar. Wow. Amazing. Many times, but I did not listen. I had the opportunity many times to go to a church building and repent. And, but at that moment, it wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't effective. For my life, it wasn't effective for my story. It wasn't effective for me. And God still reached down to save me. He still found me in that car. I was by myself driving. There was no music in the car. And I cried like a baby. I'm <laughs> about to cry. <laughs> Lord, you see me. Lord, you know me. Lord, you you. You know the intimate details of my life, and you're calling me. Wow. I said, you're calling me right here. 
And when I gave my life to Christ that moment, it is when my heart began to transform. It is when the Holy Spirit began to work in my life. But until that moment, I wanted nothing to do with Christ. I wanted nothing to do with religion. I wanted nothing to do with people of religion. I wanted nothing to do with faith. None of that stuff. It has been years from then, and I am part of a church building, so don't, don't think that I'm here talking, uh, saying that you should only worship at home, because I do go, or I, I do serve at even a local community church right now at the moment. I do not forsake the, the assembling uh, of the, uh, or the fellowship of other brethren or of, of other sisters and brothers. We are, we are to heed what the Holy Spirit is saying and answer the call. And I thank you for listening. I thank you for tuning in. And if you are one of those that wants to give your life to Christ and you don't know how, you can go to my website and write to me and I will meet you right where you are. Says yes, I'm, I'm here about to cry tears of joy for your testimony. <laughs> it, it just touches my heart so deep. I'm like, okay, I have to put myself together. I have not shared my testimony, um, but I, I know that, you know, God's going to be glorified through it because many people um, are not accustomed to a church building today. Many people are hurt. They, they have been hurt by individuals at the church building. They have been hurt by the leaders, ministers of the church building. They want nothing to do with the building. They want nothing to do. But they, they know that Christ is the truth. They know that Christ is the answer. And this is what I'm trying to say here. You don't have to go to a building. It's okay. It's okay to give your life right here and then. But then take your steps to heal so that you can go back and fellowship with other believers. And that is my story. It's really important to sometimes recommit ourselves to the Lord and just ask the Lord to fill us afresh, to fill us afresh with His Spirit, to enlighten the eyes of our understanding. Because sometimes uh, through trials, the problems, things that we go through, it, believe me, it obscures our mission and our vision. <laughs> Yes, and if you desire to recommit, recommit your life to Christ, this is the moment. All you have to do is raise your hands up in the air and say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I commit, commit myself to you. Lord, I gave my life to you. That is what I did. I said, Lord, I surrender. Those were my words. I surrender, Lord. And when I surrendered, tears of joy, tears of healing, tears of so, many, so much hurt, you know, fell down and, and I received Christ that moment. And that was my, uh, the beginning of my transformation. No, it was not an easy walk for me because God had a purpose for me at that moment. Um, but I, I thank God that he has touched me at that moment. And I was never the same again. I was never the same again. And you too, you will never be the same again. When you invite the Holy Spirit into your heart, when you invite God into your heart, when you invite him into your heart, you will receive that love that no one else can give you. You have been rejected. You have been turned away. You have been looked down upon. But listen, Jesus loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, 
that whosoever believed in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Anyone, mm -hmm. if you're one wondering, does God love me? Yes, he loves you too. The whole world. But he's given us an opportunity. He's given us the chance to get it right. We have to come to him. We have to make those steps and say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of what I was doing wrong. Forgive me, as I have said uh, in my song uh, slash my repentance prayer. Forgive me, Lord, that I have been far too long that I've chosen a friend of this world. That was my that was my story. I've chosen a friend of this world. And the Lord says friendship with the world is enmity with God. Friendship with the world is hostility with God. God does not like when we gravitate towards the world and the worldly things, the treasures and the pleasures and the entertainment of this world. So he wants us to surrender and give our life to him. He wants us to say, none of that thing is important. I want to recommit my life to you, Lord. I want to reignite my desire. I want to reignite my desire to serve you. What do I do, Lord? What do I do? <laughs> and that's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. Simply surrender. Simply invite him into your heart. Believe and you will be saved. Amen. Amen to that. It's really important to sometimes recommit ourselves to the Lord and just ask the Lord to fill us afresh, to fill us afresh with His Spirit, to enlighten the eyes of our understanding. Because sometimes uh, through trials, the problems, things that we go through, it believe me, it obscures our mission and our vision. <laughs> yes. And if you desire to recommit, recommit your life to Christ, this is the moment all you have to do is raise your hands up in the air and say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I commit, commit myself to you. Lord, I gave my life to you. That is what I did. I said, Lord, I surrender. Those were my words. I surrender, Lord. And when I surrendered, tears of joy, tears of healing, tears of so, many, so much hurt, you know, fell down. And, and I received Christ that moment. And that was my, uh, the beginning of my transformation. No, it was not an easy walk for me because God had a purpose for me at that moment. Um, but I, I thank God that he has touched me at that moment. And I was never the same again. I was never the same again. And you too, you will never be the same again. When you invite the Holy Spirit into your heart, when you invite God into your heart, when you invite him into your heart, you will receive that love that no one else can give you. You have been rejected. You have been turned away. You have been looked down upon. But listen, Jesus loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believed in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Anyone, mm -hmm. if you're one, wondering does god love me yes he loves you too the whole world but he's given us an opportunity he's given us the chance to get it right we have to come to him we have to make those steps and say lord 
Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of what I was doing wrong. Forgive me, as I have said uh, in my song uh, slash my repentance prayer. Forgive me, Lord, that I have been far too long, that I've chosen a friend of this world. That was my that was my story. I've chosen a friend of this world. And the Lord says friendship with the world is enmity with God. Friendship with the world is hostility with God. God does not like when we gravitate towards the world and the worldly things, the treasures and the pleasures and the entertainment of this world. So he wants us to surrender and give our life to him. He wants us to say, none of that thing is important. I want to recommit my life to you, Lord. I want to reignite my desire. I want to reignite my desire to serve you. What do I do, Lord? What do I do? <laughs> and that's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. Simply surrender. Simply invite him into your heart. Believe and you will be saved. Amen. Amen to that. Sis, um, when you get a moment, would you share what, what, what you had on your heart about uh, particular uh, passages of scripture that you mentioned? Uh, verse 34, Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Um, we see John 17, verse 3, that Jesus said, the work that you have given me, I have accomplished. It is done. It is done. I fulfill what you call me to do. Verse 35. Do you not say, Jesus said, do you not say there are there are still four months and it comes to harvest? Because I say to you, lift up your eyes and look to the look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages. Um, I want to pause right there. Uh, right there. Romans, the book of Romans says, the wages of, of sin is death. So wages of uh, sin has wages. Righteousness has wages. And the wage of, of, of righteousness is fruit for eternal life. While the fruit of uh, sin is death, the wages of sin is death. The wages of righteousness is eternal life. And of um, going back to thirty six, and he and he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. The both he who sows and who reaps may rejoice together. For in this, for in this they say, uh, saying is true. One sows and another reap. I send you, Jesus is directing to the disciples. I send you to uh, to. I send you to reap, which that you have not labor. Others have labor, and you have entered their labors. Oh, amazing, Father God Almighty. It is the time. Let's go back to the hour. It is the time for evangelizing. It is the time to sow seed. It is the time to sow seed, which is the word of God, in order that we may harvest the souls that are lost, walking in the world without direction. It is what wow. in God's most important thing to save, save people, to save those souls. Because Jesus came to seek that what was lost. And therefore, we are followers of Jesus Christ. We are soldiers of Christ. We are part of the kingdom. 
it, it should be within our best interest to soul seed, to go evangelize, to, uh, to preach the gospel, that we may sow the seed. Sometimes you might not harvest. You, you're speaking the word to someone. You might not harvest that, uh, that soul right then and there. But just remember that God will send someone else. God will water that seed slowly. And someone else might come and harvest that soul. Or God himself, the word of God. As you yeah. were giving your testimony, Sister Lena, it was in your car that your soul... But I bet you prior to that, you were listening, you were, you hear the gospel, you hear uh, worship, you hear the, the word of God. And yeah. therefore, your, your, that ground was already fertile, ready to receive. And therefore, you surrender your life to Christ. And what a blessing. And that is amazing. And I rejoice at that and praise the Lord. Um, I also feel, um, feel this in my spirit as, um, as we are speaking, this is a moment um, to commission those that are listening to go, to go into the field, wherever you are, to go in the field. It may be your workplace. It may be a place of friendship. It may be a place of your family. Wherever it is that God has placed you, you are to go and minister to those. You are to go and evangelize the, the power of Christ and your testimony. Your testimony is what's going to bring change to the atmosphere your testimony is what is going to break the shackles of the prisoners your testimony is what's going to transform people from the inside out you have a unique testimony unlike anyone in this world your testimony is the only one that can reach the people that are in your circle and so you have to go forth and speak about the name of Jesus. You have to go and speak about the mercy of God. You have to go and speak about um, what God has done for you. And so this is, um, uh, I myself as an evangelist, um, if, um, Anna as an evangelist, we commission you to go, to go into the field, whatever that labor field is. Some of you are bloggers. That is your field. Some of you are podcasters. That is your field. Some of you are YouTubers. That is your field. Some of you are social media, have social media platforms. That is your, that is, that is your field of work. Some of you are workers out there in the secular world. That is your field to go and preach the gospel. Wherever it is that you are, you're looking and you're saying, but I'm not qualified. You are qualified because it is your very testimony that is going to change people's life. That is the, your very testimony is what's going to bring people to Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, so Heavenly go. Father. So thank you, Heavenly Father. Yes, Lord, we thank you, Father God. We come in agreement, Lord, Sister Lena and I, Father God, in commissioning, Father God, your people, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, according to Matthew 28, 16 through 20, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Father God, we pray for our fellow, fellow servants, Father God, pastors, evangelists, prophets, warriors of Christ, Father, and evangelists, Lord God Almighty. We pray, Father God, in Jesus' name, that your spirit be poured out upon them, Father God, upon every flesh, Father, upon all flesh, according to Joe 2.28, Father. 
We just thank you, Heavenly Father, that you, they're going forth, Father God, right now in Jesus' mighty name, Father. Remove every blockage. Remove everything, that every obstacle the enemy have placed on their lives, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father, meet them right where they are, Father God. Pour out your spirit, Father God. Give them the spirit of wisdom, counsel, might, the spirit of the Lord, Father, and the fear of the Lord, Lord. Help us, Father God. Go forth, Father, with the gospel, with the word of truth, Father, that you have committed as Father, to make disciples, to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father, renew our, uh, renew our strength, Father, that we may rise up the, uh, with wings like eagles, Father God, renew, Father God. Creating us a clean heart, Father God, a new a new spirit within us, Lord. Renew our strength that we may pour forth, go forth, Father God, and pour Your Spirit upon us, Father, upon Your people, upon the church, upon the uh, pastors, evangelists, prophets, warriors, and priests, Father God, evangelists, yes. Lord God Almighty, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank You, Lord, and we agree together in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, and I have ju I just wanted to mention, as you agree upon anything on earth, it shall be done on to them in heaven i believe it's uh, matthew 18 19 and so as we agree in the spirit right now the father is sending laborers into the field right now the father is touching your heart to go out wherever it is that you are whatever it is that you wherever it is that you are you're saying you're not qualified, but you are more than qualified. You are more than qualified in the area that you are. So go forth and speak your uh, speak your truth, speak your testimony, whatever the case may be, and um, and allow God to do the work through you. And so um, we we come to verse thirty nine, and I I think I want to finish verse thirty nine to uh, about forty two. Um, sis today so that we can complete uh, this section and then uh, move to another section if that's okay that's fine so it says many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of this woman's testimony and I'm teary eyed right now <laughs> no <laughs> and I'm teary eyed right now because we did not plan this we did not plan this, but this is the, the her very testimony is what brought many Samaritans to Christ. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. She says, he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of this world, of the world. And so this concludes the session on John 4 verses 1 through 42. It's a long session, but it is a much needed session it's a much needed session. Uh, and so we commission you to go. You have a testimony. We commission you to go. We ha you, you have something in your heart. We commission you to go. Go wherever your feet take you. Go wherever the spirit of God leads you. Go wherever it is that God is calling you to. And when you are obedient, God will bring much harvest. God will bring much harvest.
Thank you once again for listening uh, this section and God bless you um, beyond, beyond what you can even believe in Jesus name. Um, Anna, thank you so much uh, for staying till the end and, and uh, sharing your heart, sharing your mind, uh, allowing God to use you uh, in all the areas and the calling that he has uh, called you to. Uh, thank you so much. Um, any final thoughts, sis? Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. It is a pleasure of mine to uh, be here with you, studying the word, studying the word of God. That is amazing. I am, I, I am so <laughs> filled with the Holy Spirit right now that it's just amazing. It just, I just want to continue going, but I understand the time. Yeah. So, um, yes, it is true. Go forth. Take a step of faith. If you do not feel qualified, remember the word of God said, open your mouth and I will feel it. Don't rely on your knowledge. Don't rely on your understanding. Because sometimes don't we don't feel qualified. But not, to be honest, none of us are. We, are. we are relying upon the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus will give you the, the specific word that you need at that time. Just rely on him. Call upon him. Call upon the Holy Spirit. And he will lead you and to all truth. And he will give you the specific word you need to speak. And I say go. Go. Don't. We need to evangelize. We need to, pro we need to prophesy. We need to move. We need to take the uh, step of faith. That's what all I have to say. Take a step yeah. of faith because God will meet you right where you are. Yes. And That's he will all. take you wherever you need to go in Jesus name. Amen. Uh, this has been a much fulfilling and delightful study. And if you have not already joined us on our Facebook page, go ahead and join us on our Facebook page. Um, Sword Study Delight is where we're at. Uh, we don't have much. We have uh, started not too long ago, but it is okay because um, wherever we are, God will fill it. God will fill it. And so if you have not joined yet, um, we will be delightful if you join us uh, in, in uh, studying the word through sharpening of a sword, as well as putting on a full armor. Anna and myself are both warriors of the Lord. We are out here uh, training up warriors. We are out here equipping those that feel um, unequipped, those that say, oh, I just don't know how. It's okay because we're here for you. Okay, if you don't know where to start, we're here for you. Matter of fact, we, um, we have, I have myself recorded uh, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John now. So this is your start. Your start is to just go through these um these sessions and, um, and, and just allow God to lead you wherever you need to be in Jesus name. So thank, thank you, you for joining us. Thank you, uh, for, for being here with us. God bless you and take care.